Whether you call it Padua or Padova, it's a picturesque powerhouse of a city that tends to get overlooked in favor of its famous neighbor, Venice. And yet, as perhaps the oldest city in northern Italy, Padova has plenty to boast about. Its university is nearly 800 years old, the home of modern science, and Galileo and Erasmus are included on its alumni roster. And while there's still a bit of a historic rivalry with Venice, today Padova is an easy train commute away. If you're thinking of finally seeing Venice, you should know that the attractions of nearby Padova deserve a place on your itinerary as well. And it comes without all the intense summer crowds that can make parts of Venice such a challenge. Hometown guide Christina Pernecole joins us now on Travel with Rick Steves to take your calls at 877-333-7425 and tell us about her hometown and the surrounding Veneto region of northeast Italy. Christina, buongiorno. Grazie, Rick. First of all, I love the sound of your name, but I cannot say it. Can you pronounce your first and last name in a nice Veneto accent? Sure. Christina Pernecole. You should learn to roll the R's. I got it. Christina so tell me about the Veneto, first of all. Veneto is a beautiful region to me. It's in the northeast part of Italy, surrounded by many mountains, and uh, we have seas, we have lakes, we have hills. Now, Veneto and Venice, does that kind of imply that this is the region of Venice, or what came first? Well, the Venetian would speak about Venus, uh, which is a lovely story. I love that. But we know that the Veneti or Venetkins were a population. They came from so far. And speaking about immigration, we are talking about a group. They came from the area of Paphlagonia. Sounds very exotic. And it is. It was in Asia, Turkey. Now, what is the relationship between Venice and Padova? Oh, that's a big story. I can talk for hours. Because they're just about half an hour apart on the train, right? Yes, and uh, we feel, it's a controversial feeling, you know. We were independent, we didn't have a king, and suddenly Venetians submitted us in 1405. And I guess that very first feeling of being uh, defeated never got off our minds. Mm. So there is always a kind of rivalry, because it was us, you know, the people from the mainland that founded Venice, running away from the barbarians in 453 AD. So we feel kind, Mama and Papa of Venice. And the child is so ungrateful and takes over in 1405, defeats us. And of course, the symbol of Venice is the, the winged lion of St. Mark. And uh, in Padova, you'll find the, the winged lion representing your overlord, basically, since 1405, Venice. But you will find a kitten with wings as well. A kitten with wings? Yes. What is that? This is a kind of joke against the Venetians. So at the very beginning, we weren't very happy, of course. So instead of a roaring lion... We put a kitten with wings. Oh, that's sweet. That's oh, sweet. Yes, I, we you are. Know, I always think if Venice wasn't there, there'd be 10 times the visitors to Padova because it's a great city, but people just don't know about it because it's in the, in the shadow of Venice from a tourism point of view. And you're right. Venice is so overwhelming. And besides the very beginning and another couple of episodes during the 15th, 16th, and 17th century, we were loyal to the Venetians. They did so much from the intellectual point of view mm -hmm. because we host this university, which is the third eldest in the world, mm -hmm. was founded in 1222. And they kind of, today we would use the word sponsorizzazione, they sponsored our university. Mm -hmm. They enabled our professors and students to do things that were elsewhere forbidden. Okay, so Padova has had this um, special status as a university town for 
800 years almost, uh, you hear the word Padua and Padova, Padua, P-A-D-U-A, and P-O-D-O-V-A. What is the story of the two names for one city? Well, going back to the Roman times, Patavium was our name. We're okay. a bit older than Rome. You know, Tit Livy, the famous Roman historian, was from Padova, so he's giving us a very old, ancient, important origin. So Patavium, Padova, that's quite similar. But there was a gentleman who never traveled and who was a great writer, a perfect match with Petrarca and Dante. His name was Shakespeare. And in Act 1, Scene 1 of The Taming of the Shrew, he reports about Petrucco having left the University of Bologna and joining the University of Padua. But he was such a wonderful writer that we forgive him this little mistake. Oh, no. So my confusion about the two names of your town is thanks to William Shakespeare. Yes. Oh, but Padova is how you say it. Yes. So what is Padova known for among Italians? What, what, are, you, what are you proud of? We host more than 60,000 students, which on a population of 211,000 makes it a quite lively city. But we are very important because of the past of the professors hosted in our university. Remember Galileo Galilei? Mm -hmm. He discovered the satellite of Jupiter in my town. And Erasmus de Rotterdam was uh, in Padova, Fallopi. You know, Fallopi discovered the fallopian tube and then Eustacia right. also? Right, Bartolomeo Eustachio, so Eustachian tube. So the Eustachian and fallopian tubes were discovered by two different scholars, both yes. from Padova. Yes. Well, they were not really from Padova, but, but they, they came to Padova they, because yeah. that was the safest place in the world. To be free thinking. To be free thinking wow. and to do things that were elsewhere forbidden by law. You would risk exile, excommunication, jail, if you would do anatomy lessons elsewhere, but not in Padova. Because today, as a tourist, you can actually see the dissection theater where they would take the body apart and study it and big stands all the way around so people could gather around and watch the operation. Yes. And there were almost 250, if not more, students. And I was told that it's not much different than today at, you know, normal colleges, universities. So they would watch candlelight, of course, Amazing. And it is amazing because it dates back to 1594 and it's still there. And you that would theater still is one see. of the great sites uh, for anybody interested in, in medical history, certainly. So with your famous university, uh, how do other people see the Padovans and how do the Padovans see themselves? We have a way of saying the Venetian are the great lords. The Veronese are all mad, all crazy. The Vicenzi, they eat cats. Don't ask me why they are mangiacatti. And the Padua... Grandottori, great doctors. So we are the brains of Veneto. What were the Venetians? Venetians are the great lords, the grand signori. The great signori. lords, so they're the overlords. And the people from Vicenza? They eat cats. They eat cats, the people from Verona? All mad. All Tutti mad, matti. crazy. Tutti matti. <laughs> and the people of Padova? Grandottori, great doctors. So nice. they, we are the brains. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Christina Pernichelli from the Veneto, specifically the beautiful town of Padova. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Susan's calling from Hendersonville, North Carolina. Susan, are you thinking of Padova on your next Italian itinerary? Uh, yes, we are very excited to be based in Padova for eight days to explore the Veneto, uh, primarily Venezia, Vicenza, Verona, and Padova. And my question concerns the logistics of avoiding the crowds of turisti and all the cruise ship mobs in Venezia, then what would be the best timing for traveling on the train 
between Padova and Venezia. Okay, so that, that really makes sense because if you want to avoid the crowds, Venice is not only very, very crowded, but quite expensive. And for uh, quite a lot less money, you can get a comfortable hotel in Padova, and then trains are going every half an hour into Venice, and in 30 minutes, you'll be in Venice just like a local commuter. Christina, any thoughts about making Padova your home base? Oh, I love the idea that you're spending four days in Padova, or maybe longer. Don't worry about the crowds in the train. There is a lovely 818 train from Padova to Venice, and you will see us. It's us, the locals. We're going to work, so we're going to chat. You will see lawyers, very well-dressed. You will see tourists. You will see students. You just go in, and then, you know, it's the final destination, and you get off in Santa Lucia in Venezia, and it's mm. so beautiful. We all get off the train, stop there, open mouth, and just <laughs> enjoy the view of the churches. Susan, you may be on the train with Christina. So 8.18 every morning, <laughs> there's a train. Half an hour later, you go. The nice thing is it's the last stop. You don't need to remember when to get off. Just get off when everybody yeah. does. Okay, thanks for your call. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye now. Ciao. And Mark's calling from Albany in California. And uh, Mark, what are your travel plans for Italy and the Veneto? Yeah, yeah, Rick. I have three high school teenagers that I'm thinking of taking to Italy this summer. As they could be quite energetic on our family vacations, I was thinking of finding some rather adventuresome, thrilling activities to do with them. In my research, I've come across canyoning and abseiling. Both look quite exhilarating, but I wanted to know, in your guest's opinion, are such activities safe? And if so, are, what are some of the best places and, and perhaps uh, what are some of the recommended outfitters out there? So this is adventure sports and canyoning is going down a canyon with a group of people tied to a rope and with pads and wetsuits and bouncing around in the waterfalls. And what is abseiling? You know, I think it's somewhat similar, but I think it's, according to the videos I've seen on, uh, on the Internet, it, it looks like you're you look like more repelling down the... Christina, um, do you know anything about outdoor adventures like this? Oh, well, I do, but not, I'm not into that stuff. And I had a teenager, so now she's grown. I wouldn't let her do that. But there is a beautiful river. It's called the River Brenta that starts from our mountains and gets directly into the South Lagoon of Venice. So if you want to go, Bassano del Grappa would be the perfect place for that. Bassano del mm. Grappa, famous as the home of Grappa, the fire water. Yes. So you can look in Bassano del Grappa for the canyoning. And, you know, one thing I love if I was traveling with some teenagers is going up into uh, the Dolomite, the Dolomites and the Alpi di Susi. And this is the highest alpine meadow. And there are some great hikes from there. And you can ride the lift to some dramatic settings and then and then feel like you're a mountain climber even though you're not. We wish the Dolomites would be part of Veneto, but they are not. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a couple hours north of there, but uh, good luck with your kids, Mark. And uh, there's a lot of fun things to do in Venice with kids. Uh, there's kayaking tours of Venice, actually, that have become uh, ah, that popular. Would, that would be terrific. Yeah. Uh, can I ask your guest why she was not recommended? Is it because it's not safe? Because I'm an Italian mama. And so we nurse our kids and we watch that they don't get hurt, don't get wet, because, you know, they can always get a cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm a typical Italian mama. I think she does it now, but she doesn't tell me. But it's not dangerous, of course, because you're always guided. But again, as Rick said, Venice offers so many opportunities. I think it's called paddling that mm-hmm. you stand and you just cross the canal and it's so much fun because you have to watch out for your head mm-hmm. uh, when you travel through Venice. 
And there is the Lido as well, which has a beautiful beach. Well, beautiful for Italian standards. You know, that's a very good point. When you've got teenagers in Venice, uh, they want some time on the beach. And you just take the, the city ferry over to the Lido, L-I-D-O, and from the ferry dock you can walk to the beach, and uh, the kids love that. Great. Well, thank you very much. Okay, Mark. Good thank luck you. with your trip. Thanks. Thanks. Lisa's calling from Cox in Arkansas. Lisa, what are your plans for Padova? Our plans, we've only got about five hours in Padova. This is our second time to the Veneto, and the first time we went to Verona from Venice, and we didn't get the chance to go to Padova. And so my question is, if you only have five hours in Padova, and if you're an art fanatic, what would you recommend for those five hours? Okay, so this is for anybody staying in Venice that uh, wants to side trip for the better part of a day, a half hour away by train, five hours in Padova, and you're an art fanatic. Well, Padova is certainly a good place to go if you're an art fanatic. What would you recommend, Christina? Very close to the train station. It's about a seven minutes walk. We have this magnificent Scrovegni Chapel. It's a chapel that is considered a work of art of Giotto, the best work of art of Giotto, the most mature. And, you know, Giotto is considered to be the father of modern art, modern painting. So I would start with Giotto, then stroll through the city markets. We have three piazza in the city centre, where we also have the old university. So the old university would be a must-do. And then the three piazzas so lovely, even just for a little break, you can go shopping underneath the huge, it's called Salone. It used to be a courthouse, but it dates back to 1219, and it was enlarged with a huge roof, which now looks like a boat reverse, and it's the hugest hall in the world. And if you love art, well, that's going to be the place for you, because you got three tiers with 111 frescoes per tier, plus a lower one. They were originally all painted by Giotto. We lost them in 1400, but they were repainted the same way. And then I would for sure go to Sant'Antonio, the Basilica of San Antony. We just call it Santo, the saint, because he's the only one, you know, being called a saint in less than a year after his death. He died on a 13th of June, 1231. He was canonized 11 and a half months later on the 30th May, 1232. And this basilica is simply breathtaking. Besides having works of art of some of the most talented pupils of Giotto and his school, you have the breathtaking statues of Donatello. Mm. A gatta melata, which is a general on a horse, and it's the prototype to all important horse monuments, is right there waiting for you at the square. And this is the first impact. But if you get the chance and you come across a friar or one of the Vatican guards, ask them to take you up to the main altar. You will love the sight of all the statues there. There is my favorite is the crucifixion. Well, that Christ looks like if it's a real human being dying right at the right moment. And this is in the Basilica of St. Anthony. See. Si. Okay, Lisa, so just a couple of thoughts. It's just so exciting to think you'd have five hours in Padova. Christina's laid it out quite nicely. I would remind you the highlight of the city artistically is the Scrovini Chapel, where all the Giotto is that uh, Christina was talking about. I believe you'll need a reservation for that in advance. Otherwise, you will not get in. So uh, make a reservation in advance. It's quite straightforward and easy. The nice thing, all of this is a pleasant downhill walk. From there, you'll go through the great squares of the city, the Palazzo della Regione, uh, which is the huge palace with all the art with the upturned boat kind of uh, roof. 
And then you'll see the wonderful fruit markets and vegetable markets. And then at the far bottom of the town, you'll come to this amazing basilica. And it seems like half the people in town are regular tourists and half the visitors in town are pilgrims. And their first sight is the Basilica of St. Anthony, the beloved saint. And uh, you'll see all the art there. And then from the bottom of town, you simply catch a taxi or a tram, but the taxi can zip you effortlessly right back to the train station and you're on your way. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Ciao. Thank you. If uh, Lisa has that much time, and if she's side-tripping from Venice, I would highly recommend spending a longer time. Have a nice dinner in Padova. And remember, in the evening, you've got this aperitivo tradition. And because Padova is a university town, all the students are out on the beautiful squares. Christina, let's finish our conversation about Padova, about enjoying the piazza, the passeggiata, and the spritz. Oh, yes. This is what we love to do. You know, after a hard day's work, we all meet at the piazza. We don't even need to say where. There are lots of places to sit outside. We just say, let's ci vediamo in piazza. We meet at the piazza. And the spritz, well, the story of the spritz is interesting. What is the spritz, the, the drink itself? The drink itself is actually water, very little, prosecco, or it can be still wine, then we can add either Aperol, which is something typical from Padova, or we can add Campari. Aperol has a kind of orange color and is sweeter, doesn't have that much alcohol. And Campari is a little bit more bitter, has got a, like a burgundy color. But the nicest thing is that we owe this to the Austrian Empire. When Napoleon defeated us, that's back in 1797, he then gave us to the Austrian Empire and the oceans were not used to drinking our wine. It was way too strong for them. So they added water and they called it gespritzter. And now, you know, we optimize in Italy. We are a bit lazy sometimes. So we cut the name gespritzter short in spritz and we added the Aperol from Padova. And now it's known worldwide. And it's a Padovan specialty. It's a great way to meet the people, a great way to watch the sun go down, a great way to enjoy the good life while you're in a beautiful town, Padova. Right. Christina. Arrivederci in Padova. Mille grazie, Christina. Prego. Ciao. Arrivederci. I'll Ciao. see you next time in Padova. Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.